I got a request to share more about my daily routines and to be completely transparent, I've been much more gentle with my routines. I can get really rigid. My astrological sign is ruled by Saturn, which is all about discipline and responsibility. And it can be really difficult to be ruled by this planet because it's slow moving and it wants to teach you lessons. So if it takes you a long time to learn the lessons you came here to learn, Saturn will keep showing you that you're out of alignment. And I've had to learn how to make friends with this planet because it just has such a heavy influence on my life. We all go through something called a Saturn return at the end of our 20s. And it's typically a time in our lives where any faulty foundations that have been built crumble. Wherever you're out of alignment, you won't be able to continue down that path without endless obstacles. And when I hit my Saturn return, I went through a massive breakup. I had been in a relationship at that point for more than a decade. And as painful and destructive as it was, it launched me into an incredibly expansive time period. I had another spiritual awakening and everything that happened, as much as it devastated me, I knew that it served a higher purpose. He and I ended up getting back together um, after about six months apart, and then I ended up breaking up with him again. Um, He had been in my life since I was in middle school, and we started dating when we were juniors in high school, and um, he was in my life until I was 29. And that relationship was one of the most transformative experiences for my soul. I chose him to teach me lessons around codependency, self-love, communication, boundaries, and so much more. And when I say I chose, I mean my soul. I was not conscious of this shit at 17 when our relationship started. I wasn't aware that this was a destiny line that my soul had chosen to teach me lessons. And although going through many parts of that relationship caused a lot of damage, I came out of everything with so much wisdom because I chose to deep dive into my healing. And I chose to take everything that happened and use it for my soul's growth. So back to Saturn, you're like, oh my God, Hannah, shut the fuck up. We just want to hear about your routines. Promise we'll get there. Someone described Saturn as a fatherly or grandfatherly energy. So they gave me an example to explain Saturn's energy. So before dinner, if your grandpa asks you to wash your hands and you just go run them underwater, he's going to make you go do it again until you actually clean your hands with soap and get it right. So if you keep doing the same thing or you try to take shortcuts, Saturn is going to notice. And being ruled by Saturn is wonderful in many ways because I'm really reliable and organized and I've always had a sense of responsibility, but it makes it a bit hard for me to play and tap into my inner child. Capricorns tend to be really old souls and we're full of wisdom, but we might seem more reserved or more internal than most signs. So I'm a Capricorn sun, but I'm also a Capricorn rising. So technically... Um, you would look at your rising sign to see what planet rules your chart. Um, But it's also good information to look at your sun and moon and see what planets rule those signs and just kind of study them and, and learn more to kind of figure out how to best work with these planets. So all Capricorn risings are ruled by Saturn. If you're a Leo rising, you are ruled by the sun. And I love Leos because they have a bright energy And my south node is in Leo. Um, And if you look at your chart, you can find your north node and your south node. Your north node relates to past lives and your south node 
no wait sorry your south node relates to past lives your north node relates to this life so my south node being in leo i was told in in a reading that in past lives i was famous i was a famous performer and i also was a part of a royal family and leos um tend to be the center of attention not always but they're very bold and and being ruled by the sun people are drawn to their energy and a lot of celebrities have leo placements so once you find your south node in your chart your north node is the opposite sign so if my south node is in leo the north node is in aquarius so you take the beautiful lessons and good qualities from your south node sign bring and you bring them into this life and then your north node is an indication of what you're meant to nurture and kind of become and and your purpose in this life so i'm able to bring leadership and strength from the lives that i lived as a leo being in the spotlight and then use that to help me evolve into the beautiful parts of an Aquarius, which means that I'm here to make a change. And that Aquarian energy is here to push boundaries and usher in a new earth, one that's more sustainable and healthier. And I'm not meant to live a traditional life. I'm very resistant to that actually. So take a look at your South and North node and try to draw some conclusions around all of the beautiful parts of these signs and and how you can bring them into this life and evolve into whoever you're meant to become. To Google your astrology chart, you just need your exact birth time and place. There's so much more information to your chart than just your sun sign. And it's just a really healing tool. And and I found so much beauty and so much, um, just so much wisdom in, in studying the stars and the planets and you might not believe in it and you might think that it's stupid, but for me, it's just been a really great tool. Um, and also I talked about being a type one on the Enneagram in a past episode. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can take a test online. I think it's more accurate if you go see a practitioner. I had a session with a friend and she went into detail about all of the types and then we figured out which one I was based on the information she provided and the emotions that that came up for me. And so with everything, with um, your sun sign, with your astrology chart, with the Enneagram, you can be evolved or devolved. So when I'm evolved as a type one on the Enneagram, I'm responsible and loyal and dedicated. Also, that's very much Capricorn energy. But when I'm devolved, I can become rigid and judgmental and strict. So all of that to say, I can get very rigid. And when it comes to self-care and practicing rituals that benefit me, consistency is key. But we can also incorporate and listen and attune to our body's needs. And I've tried to soften around and be more gentle with my routines and the way that I live. I had a long list of routines that I would need to do every morning and they were wonderful and helped me greatly, but sometimes it made me feel like I needed to rush or that if I didn't complete all of them, I wouldn't be as ready for my day. And I was always rushing around before the pandemic, um, getting to work, going to yoga and just daily life activities. And now I have more time to be more gentle. I would go to yoga every single day and sometimes twice a day, and I wouldn't budge my routine for anything. My mom asked me to go to dinner one night on like a Tuesday, and I was like, nope, I have yoga. And when I look back on that, I'm like, damn, couldn't I have moved yoga one night or just skipped it? 
And again, there's duality here. Sometimes our mind can play tricks on us and we might think that sleeping in and not going to a yoga class or going to the gym is what our body wants, but actually it's just us not wanting to put in effort or commit to ourselves. And you'll have to do your own research and collect data for yourself. For some people, they aren't going to be successful working out in the morning. Maybe they prefer to do it at night. Maybe for some people, meditation looks like going on a daily walk instead of sitting cross-legged burning sage. So I'm going to give you some ideas and some things that I do or have done, but I encourage you to make it your own. See what works for you and what feels good for you and make it manageable, make it attainable. Sometimes we make these goals that are so out of reach and it's really, it really helps fuel thoughts in your mind that make you feel like you're not enough. Like, oh, I said I was going to go to the gym five days a week and I only went once this week. I'm a loser. And we stay small and we get discouraged. So when we set smaller goals, we're able to actually reach them and be more consistent. And more times than not, when we hit that goal, we'll feel compelled to exceed it. So maybe you go to the gym three times a week and it fuels you to keep going. Whereas if you set a goal to go five days a week and you only go three times, it may just completely bring down your motivation level. Even when it comes to choosing how long you're doing something, just pay attention to the goal that you're setting. If you don't meditate and this is a new practice for you, it's not realistic to say, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes each morning. Start with two minutes. Keep it simple. And the more that we're able to stay consistent with and reach these smaller goals, the more capacity we have to become the person to achieve the bigger goals we have. So this isn't to say that you shouldn't dream big or set big goals. I encourage that. I want everyone to have this vision of their life that's really large and bold and big and beautiful. And I want everyone to take up space and I want everyone to achieve their dreams and have the life that they desire. I'm just saying when you're setting certain goals and starting routines, it's important to make them attainable because we want to be able to exceed them and we want to feel successful rather than like failures. And sometimes our mind just plays tricks on us and keeps us small. So in order to achieve those bigger goals, we need to be able to hit the smaller goals. So each week, sit down and think about three to five things you want to incorporate into your day. Three to five goals. At the top of a blank piece of paper, write the days of the week. So Monday through Sunday. Then on the left side of the page, list each goal. Then draw lines and you'll have boxes to check off the tasks each day. If you have Virgo in your chart, you'll probably love this. And there's just something about putting pen to paper that helps alchemize things. So just think about the things that make you feel good. Drinking a lot of water, meditating, breath work, movement, journaling, affirmations, dry brushing, skincare, taking a bath, um, doing cold water therapy. This is a really great practice. I mainly do this in the summer when it's hot, but it's beneficial all year round for so many reasons. Um, so what you do is you take a shower. I usually take a warm shower. And then at the end for the last one to three minutes, I'll turn the nozzle and make it freezing. And I'll do some exercises to bring up my body temperature and kind of help me move through the discomfort. So you can do squats, you can jump around. It sounds weird, but you can like put your hands into fists and kind of um, work up your body, getting the lymph flowing. And it really wakes you up. And if you're feeling lethargic or depressed, this is such a good way to move out of that. It's shocking your system and your organs and it helps boost your immune system and just elevates your mood, which is huge. Um, other things I like incorporating into my routine are gratitude-based. So I write out three to 10 things I'm grateful for. Uh, this could be seemingly small things like having a blanket to hold at night or the fact that I have clean water. 
I also tap into gratitude affirmations. I like repeating um, phrases like, I'm grateful for my healthy body. I'm grateful for harmonious relationships. I'm grateful for all of the abundance in my life. And I have an affirmation that is just on repeat in my head. And it's, uh, may I be healthy, happy, at ease, and safe, filled with loving kindness, and free from pain and suffering. So maybe you want to incorporate your own affirmations. You can customize them to whatever you want to call in. I might even repeat that in the mirror, do some mirror work, which is really, really helpful. Um, Yeah, that's just something that I come back to constantly. I also spend some time each day sending love out to my family and just kind of like sending prayers of protection. I send gratitude to my body and to my home and to the nourishing foods that I consume and just getting into the practice of being grateful for it all, even the more difficult parts of life. Like I talked about getting sick on a recent episode and as painful as it was, I'm grateful that it allowed me to go through a deep cleansing process. And I'm not talking about tapping into inauthenticity. If you don't feel grateful for something, you don't have to pretend or spin it to be something positive if that's not how you really feel. But sometimes it can be a good exercise to write down what you learned and how it did benefit you in the long run. Even though it wasn't fun to go through and it was messy or chaotic, most of the time, if not all of the time, these experiences are here to grow our soul. There are so many beautiful routines that you can incorporate each day. You can use a gua sha tool on your face. You can make your bed every morning. You can read, listen to a podcast, draw, paint, water your plants, spend time in nature, go on a walk, make a green juice, drink lemon water, make tea, pull oracle cards or tarot cards. I mean, the list is endless. There are so many beautiful things to incorporate. You don't have to do them all, but just pick the ones that feel best for you. And you can also switch it up. Sometimes we can get so stuck in a routine and it can feel stale. So that's why I recommend each week set an intention. How do I want to feel this week? Maybe pick a word. Like if your word is balance, how can you create and manifest more balance into your life and pick your routines based on that? I read The Artist's Way last year with a group of people. We created a group chat and we broke into smaller accountability groups. And it's, it's a book, but it's also a 12-week program where you read one chapter a week and complete all of the tasks. And each week there's new information and new prompts, but every day you're asked to journal three pages. It's called morning pages. And it's kind of like a filtration system similar to meditating. It's just like a stream of consciousness, so you can write anything that comes out And sometimes it's all just like scribbles or doesn't make any sense. And sometimes there are beautiful messages that come through or certain realizations that you come to through writing and just kind of getting everything out. And most of the time I would take my journal out each morning and start writing and I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. This is annoying. I have shit to do. And then I would write about my emotions and then eventually it would turn into either something positive or just allow me to get out all of the negativity. And it's a three-page minimum, which is a minimum for a reason. It's, it's long enough to create some resistance, but it's also short enough to be doable. And the author recommends doing at least one artist date a week as well. So every week you go on an artist date with yourself, which can be anything that taps you into your inner child. So I went roller skating. I went to the art supply store and bought paint. I bought butterfly clips and stickers. I also went to a basketball court and played for the first time in a long time. I used to play a lot of sports and I played volleyball in high school and I sometimes forget that I'm athletic because I don't have as many opportunities as an adult to do team sports. So these dates with yourself just allow you to remember how special it is to set aside time to play and to set aside time for you and to nurture yourself. 
This book is so transformative and I really recommend it if you're looking for a change or ideas on how to shift your routine. It helps tap us into our inner child and our inner artist. And when you talk to kids, they have so much confidence and they're so aware of their inherent worth and they have no doubt in their mind that they can do whatever they want. They're all artists and dancers and singers and they express and they move energy and it's just a part of them. And that's who we are at our core as well. And I ask my nieces and nephews questions like, do you know you're beautiful? Do you know you're amazing? And they look at me with such purity and they say, yes, I do. And when they make art, they aren't judging themselves and they genuinely know it to be true that they're artists. And so many adults say that they're not creative or artistic but we all are. Maybe our art won't end up in museums, but we all have creative abilities. They just show up differently for everyone. So reading this book and really reflecting on my routines helped me tap more deeply into the idea of moving from discipline to devotion. What if we looked at our routines as something that we were devoted to rather than something that we have to do? Tapping into the feeling instead of the act. So moving more into gratitude where we can start thinking, wow, I have a healthy body and I'm able to move it in a way that feels good for me rather than I have to do this workout because I want my body to look a certain way and if I don't, I'm a failure. Or I'm so grateful I have the resources to make a delicious green juice this morning rather than, oh my God, this takes so long and it's too much effort. Or even when it comes to finances, like being able to reframe and think, wow, I'm so grateful that I have the money to pay for electricity or that I have the money to pay for my car bill and my car is freedom. My car allows me to go visit my family and go travel. So when we can tap into these Venusian qualities where we think about these activities as more luxurious and being in more of a feminine energy rather than a forceful masculine energy, that's when we can really that's when we can really be successful in these things. So, how do we discern between discipline and devotion or when we're forcing rather than intuiting? That's really a lifelong lesson and it's a daily decision and you have to get very intimate with yourself and your inner knowing. And ultimately, it's about finding that balance between the feminine and masculine energies within you. If we lived entirely in the feminine energy, we might never get out of bed. We might overindulge or be in a victim mentality. We need that masculine quality of taking action and being dedicated and getting things done. But we also don't want to overwork the masculine and forget to be receptive and intuitive. We want to avoid getting rigid and harsh. We want to do these routines and activities to bring more joy and pleasure and fluidity into our lives, not to create a harsher reality or to punish ourselves or use these tools in an unhealthy, obsessive way. So how can we do activities that might not be something we wanna do in that moment, but what if we made them more enjoyable and we were able to do them in a, a more pleasurable way? So let's take cleaning your house, for example. What if you put on a really fun playlist and danced around and cleaned instead of looking at it as this really undesirable task that you just have to do because it's something that's necessary and then if you think about traveling to and from work and sitting in traffic what if you left a little early and were okay with sitting in traffic drove peacefully without having so much anger come up and turn on a really great podcast 
even working out is not always enjoyable, but how can you find solutions? So maybe doing a boot camp class isn't for you. Maybe doing a yin yoga class feels better, or maybe you want to hire a personal trainer and lift weights. What is going to encourage you to get up and utilize that masculine energy of doing and accomplishing? Use that feminine energy to tap into your intuition and follow what feels good and use the masculine energy to create structure and boundaries. Sometimes watching a whole season of a show on Netflix in bed with ice cream is self-care. And sometimes self-care means going to a yoga class, doing a face mask, going on a hike, getting fresh air. And you know, you know what's best for you. You know what your body wants. We all have these answers. We just have to learn to tap in. And we have to also remember to rest. Our body needs rest. Our body needs time to unwind. And... I think the more that we learn to tap into our inner knowing, the more that we're able to hear these things, the more that we're able to communicate with our body. We're not taught or encouraged to listen for the soft whispers of our intuition. Our ego tends to be really loud. So I encourage you to sit with yourself, get quiet, maybe lay down, put a hand on your heart and just ask for answers. And all you have to do is listen. And I think that the more that we can be in a place of devotion, the more peaceful and beautiful life feels. Um, Once you're looking at things from a lens of gratitude, life can feel a lot better. So I hope I was able to give you some inspiration or ideas for how to start your day. Another thing that I love doing, I don't do this all the time, but I'll put my phone away when I go to bed. I live in a loft, so I just put it downstairs. And then in the morning, I come down my ladder and I don't touch my phone until after I've completed my routines. It can be a huge distraction and it can really derail you. I like being in a soft, receptive energy in the morning where I can move slowly and be peaceful. And when I grab my phone, I am immediately in a responsive, active energy and my nervous system gets activated. Uh, We have all different lifestyles and responsibilities as well, and I want to honor that. I live alone and I work remotely full-time. I don't have kids or pets, so I have space to do a lot of self-care. And we can all make time. These things don't have to be time-consuming. They do not have to be expensive. And we all have the capacity to make space in our lives. But again, I want to be realistic, and I know that a mom of three may not be able to meditate for 30 minutes every morning, and she may not be able to get away and go to a Pilates class five times a week. So adjust accordingly based on what feels good for you and what makes the most sense for your schedule and make it attainable. Uh, Also reward yourself. If you make it through the week and you reach your goals, go do something fun. And I think the more that we make these goals attainable, the more that we can reward ourselves and that just creates more positive habits. My therapist said to me last week, I was on a call with her and we were talking about boundaries and she said, think about goals as setting boundaries with yourself. And we usually think about setting boundaries when it comes to other people, but we have to set boundaries with ourselves too. How much time do we want to allow ourselves to be attached to our phones every day? How much movement do we need to feel alive? How do we want to feed our body? How do we want to nourish ourselves? How much and how often do we want to invest in our health and wellness? We make decisions every day and we have free will. So just think about healthy boundaries you want to create with yourself. What do you want to allow into your life and your routines? And what do you want to create a boundary around? If you're finding that you spend a lot of time sedentary or eating fast food or watching a lot of TikTok, how can you set boundaries? 
Do you want to set time limits for things? Do you want to start meal prepping? Do you want to figure out a way to make grocery shopping more luxurious and inviting rather than dreading going and picking out food? So there's so much to think about and I hope that I gave you some ideas. I hope this was insightful. I do offer health coaching services if you want to connect. My website is holistic-hannah.com and my Instagram is underscore holistic Hannah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day or night wherever you are.